0: Welcome to Legends of Reed. My name is Joanne Sukumaran. Every episode, I interview a top wind player from the bassoon or oval community. Find out more about them, about their musical knowledge and insights, and what makes them tick. Stay tuned. Hello and good evening from Singapore and welcome to another edition of Legends of Reed. Today, I speak to Malte Reifard. He is the professor of bassoon at Fokwang University of the Arts in Essen, Germany. Malte first started his studies in Hamburg in the Musikhochschule, and then he studied in Hannover with Doug Jensen, and finally completed his concert exam in Weimar and Cologne with George Kluge. He has performed with all major German orchestras and recently retired as Principal Bassoon of the NDR Radio Philharmonie. Welcome to the show, Malte.
1: Hello, Joanne. My pleasure uh, speaking to you. Wonderful.
0: Uh, how are you doing? Are you currently in uh, Essen or in uh, Hamburg?
1: <laughs> no, actually, I'm at my home, which is in Hanover. And okay. uh, so, um, yeah, this week um, I'm partly teaching in Essen and then also playing in my, my former orchestra in Hanover. So I'm always busy traveling between Hanover and Essen, actually. So, but today, is, uh. I'm at my home.
0: Okay, so you're currently in Hanover and uh, yeah, we recently became acquainted uh, online and uh, even though we've never met, uh, I've been following your musical activities uh, with a lot of interest because your updates always seem quite positive and uh, sympathetic and uh, you have a, you seem to have a very thriving bassoon class in Essen. No?
1: Yeah, it's it's a big pleasure to teach all these young students. At the moment, I have a very young class. So many players are between, uh, let's say, 19 to 20. And uh, some are some older, yes. But at the moment, it's very, very full of energy, the class. And it's really nice to be with them.
0: OK, so um, can I find out um, what do you enjoy the most of teaching and uh, coaching young people?
1: Well, it's you always. You are always on a journey with these young people, you know, they, they come to you when they are 17 or 18 or something. And um, uh, it's so interesting to see how they develop. It's so interesting to give them good roots, uh, let's say, like in a technical wise, to, to show them the basic techniques of the bassoon, but um, also to, to show them the, how, how to express music with their own ideas and how how to develop their kind of expression so and how to find how to help them to find their own sound idea also so um to me it's a it's a really long journey and of course the journey is never straight so sometimes you have really big uh big holes to get through and the journey is never never is never on the same way with no students so it's my it's always my kind of way to find um for each student his or her own way and for somebody it goes directly into it in a normal orchestra Uh, for others it goes maybe to a modern music ensemble and um and some yeah it's a minority but some two or three players are also had to say well maybe for them the orchestra is not the right thing so one is now um helping to teach um, young 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 kids actually um uh how to teach them how to listen to a concert i'm sorry i cannot say that in english because it's a very special german thing but it's very popular now in germany because we the orchestras are doing many things for young people so um, this is also something you can study so all in all um i find it really interesting to if to find out what is necessary for each individual that's the point
0: hmm so for example if someone was not playing at their best how do you try to bring it out the best in them do you maybe suggest to them you could practice less or take a walk or
1: <laughs> you know
0: or do something well, else yeah. If
1: you're on a very high level, uh, it yeah. might be useful to take a walk. <laughs> yes, if, you're yeah. really stressed, and if you play really well, and if it's maybe, let's say, one day before the audition, or, uh, then it might be useful to go for a walk, yes, sometimes, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, okay.
1: But most of the times, <laughs> especially when, when the students start, uh, I have to say, well, uh, you should... Uh, um, you should practice as long as you can. So five hours is, is normal practicing time a day, or maybe six hours is even better. And mm-hmm. uh, or maybe let's say seven hours is even better. So um, and sometimes they get really scared by that. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> okay. So um, what do you recommend to your students for a daily practicing routine? Do you use special methods or your own method?
1: Well, I have, um, yes, I have... Uh, kind of a structured program for them Um, so let's say like the basis is for one and a half hours maybe for two hours to do some kind of uh, technical stuff which is scales and chords and thirds and quarters and uh, to practice them and um, then of course to do Milde studies or jumpier studies or um actually there are flute studies by paul tafanel which you can really do very well on the bassoon so Mm. uh, but i always see very detailed what is important for which student so what does he or she need just in this particular phase in this in the studies so um if somebody needs to needs to listen better to the intonation then i do a certain studies just for intonation and if somebody needs to needs to look really really very well on the on the finger technique maybe the fingers are too far away from the bassoon then i also have some studies to do that and um so i always have a have a look for each and uh, each student and i i could uh, never say that uh, i never treat each uh, the student the same so that's the point yes Mm -hmm. And, um, but I'm very thankful to my teachers also, like um, the studies I give to them are sometimes the same studies Doug Jensen gave to me or Georg Kluge gave to me. And um, so, I'm I'm thankful for what I learned when I was younger also. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's great that you have a very personalized uh, program for every student. So uh, what keeps you inspired musically? Could you name us some of your musical inspiration?
1: Well, sound-wise, I have to say um, that actually Doug Jensen inspired me the most. Um, Doug Jensen, and also just shortly before I studied, I met uh, Sergio Azzolini when I was uh, 18, I think. So many years ago, And um, but sound-wise, um, the, the bassoon sound, um, I, I'm very thankful that I could uh, have lessons with Jensen for six years, and we are really good friends now. And uh, I'm I'm thankful to have this idea of bassoon sound in my head. But um, but as a musician, yeah, there were some conductors also. I'm I'm thankful I have worked with like. Uh, Claudio Abado, when I was younger, in the Mahler Chamber Orchestra, and Zubin um, Mehta in the Bavarian State Opera, where I played, uh, 25 years ago or uh, 20 years ago, and um, Seiji Ozawa, I worked with him in, in, in Japan, and also the our now the chief conductor of the NDR Radio Philharmonie is Andrew Manzi. Who was one of the top Baroque violinists of the world, and well, he stopped playing violin, but uh, he's he's a really a, a among the best musical conductors I could imagine. So I'm really thankful that I had the opportunity to work with these people. That was nice. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now that you mention it, I I recall uh, listening to one of his recordings. I think he was playing a Mozart. And uh, it struck me; it was so, it was so beautiful, but uh, elegant at, at the same time. It, yes. I remember it was him. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. He yeah. he has a very very nice sense for the music and uh on the one hand he he's he's a very gentle person and he's a very his way of playing the bar- baroque violin was very beautiful and gentle but he's also a very funny person also and <laughs> he can be he can be it's extremely funny in the rehearsals and so sometimes his i when i listen to his recordings they are sometimes uh, also, a little, little bit strange. <laughs> so, and um, like nobody else plays. Uh, and uh, I like that also. I like not to copy anybody. So go your own way. Don't copy anybody and look for what, what is really inside of you. That's, yeah, that's again something I, I give to my students. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really great to hear. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what kind of reads you use? Uh, what material and what shape? maybe
1: well yeah um when i was younger you know like 25 years ago when i studied um mm-hmm. there were not so many possibilities for for the cane and uh, you just went to southern france and uh, i did many holidays there and i bought uh, cane by uh, rigotti and uh, madame guise and silver cane and nowadays the students they have so many possibilities it's incredible. You can you can buy everything from the Internet. And uh, <laughs> I always try to teach the student to concentrate more, uh, to, to find find out some reads, some cane, which is good and then concentrate on this cane on so on two or three makers, but not to not to buy cane from ten different companies, because uh, and in the end you, you cannot uh, yeah, you cannot concentrate and, and you can you don't find out what is good for you. Um, well i um actually i have a student who imports cane from greece and um i like this cane very much um his uh, his name is Ermal yahoo by the way he is, he comes from albany and he has a small company together with a friend of his and they have a have a small place in greece where they where they have their own cane and they bring this cane to germany and you can also buy it from from him himself and i like this cane very much well and speaking about the shape um I used I I used to use the Riga number 2 and uh, make it a little bit smaller and Riga number 1A also but in the last years I switched to the Riga number 32 or the Tunaman shape which oh. is
0: yeah
1: which is a little bit broader how to say a little bit wider um yeah. it gives you a lot of um uh a good stableness how do you say in the in the middle register i i and also the low register i like this very much for orchestra playing and the sound is really quite broad and quite thick but but on the same same uh same time also very solistic but i have to say for the high register the 2 and the 1a was was a little better so um at the moment i'm trying to find maybe something in between also. so. Um, but I think as a bassoonist, you're always searching. It's You You never find the end. You always, I mean, after some while having a career and playing in the orchestra, you find a way how, how to play and how to develop your sound. But in the end, you're always searching. It never ends.
0: It's funny you should say that because I was using the 2-1 shape also. Okay. Uh, yeah but I I changed to the Halverson ship now so oh, yeah 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 so yeah okay.
1: It's it's uh, it's interesting. Like uh, you know, Klaus Tunemann, he's married to the concertmaster of NDR Radio Philharmonie, and he lives in Hanover and in Berlin. So I, I see him quite often in Hanover because he has he always goes to the concerts. <laughs> and uh, but I always wanted to ask him about the Tunemann shape, if it's really his idea of shape, or if it's just the idea, but by, by Riga for selling it. But <laughs> I never I never dared to ask him. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting to to find out. Yeah, the two and one more Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. So so great. Yeah, I really I really enjoy uh when I listen to your playing. You have a very beautiful and singing sound.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you.
0: It's very really nice to listen to. Um. So um, uh, speaking about orchestras and concerts, I know you recently retired from your orchestral position. Yes. Um, but you're still currently playing with them, right? Until next year? Yeah, that's
1: correct. Yeah, they asked me not to re- retire so soon. Uh, so um, they asked me to play longer in the orchestra as an extra player. So at the moment I play until January and um, well, next year as well. But um, yeah, uh, the main thing is now is the Hochschule, is the work at the university. Mm-hmm.
0: So could you uh, tell us were there some uh, favorite memories you have playing with this orchestra? What strikes you the most uh, uh, strong image in your mind when you think back of uh, NDR?
1: Well, I think the NDR, Radio Philharmonie, is a, is a special orchestra talking about um, the way the orchestra developed. And um, you know, like the NDR has two orchestras, right? the NDR Elbphilharmonie Orchestra in Hamburg and the NDR Radio Philharmonie. And the um, 30 or 40 years ago, these two orchestras you couldn't compare because they did just completely different jobs. But then in, since maybe 1998 or so, um, the NDR Radio Philharmonie got so much better and it, it developed to a really good orchestra. And uh, now we have Andrew Manzi as the chief conductor um, the orchestra plays on the highest level. It's, it's like uh, in the NDR, you cannot, you cannot say one is, one is better or the other is less or so. It's, it's the same level. And the NDR radio philharmonie is on the same level as the other German radio orchestras. So I'm really honored to to have gone this way with the orchestra. And, um, well, there were some concerts which are in my mind, like we played Mahler 9 in Tokyo in Sanctuary Hall, um, I don't know, something like 10 years ago or so and uh we did a live dvd recording and for nhk radio recording and uh, but with uh, with no rehearsal for that so it, it's it's a really live recording you know mala nine is, is not so not so easy for the bassoons and for everybody in the orchestra but this was a really fantastic concert and you know the ndr radio philharmonie also plays lots of different styles it's not only romantic stuff we play it's not only 20th century it's also a lot of baroque music and the orchestra plays uh, like with reinhard goebel is very famous or with uh, morris steger he's a, he's a recorder player flute player recorder and Maurice steger he's he's uh, such a fantastic musician and we did recordings for him with him uh, recordings and and concerts and um it's so funny you play the bassoon in the basso continuo, and he always wants to hear more bassoon if he likes what he's listening. So when I was playing the continuo, he always wanted to play more bassoon and and so re- also the really difficult technical stuff, like like uh, really wild scales uh, tongued uh, staccato with the cellos together, he always wanted to hear that with the, with the bassoon and and so these were amazing concerts and then the 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 next thing the orchestra plays is um, yeah well it's jazz music or also pop music and uh, film music also and uh, a really nice project we did in the past was we played um, you know this this movie called Matrix you know it it's yes uh, yes yes it's already quite old music um, yeah it's really fantastic mm-hmm. we played the music of that movie live to the to the projection so yeah. on the screen you only could uh, hear the the talking and the, the sounds of the bullets and the what explosions whatever and we played the the, the music live to projection which ha- has to be really tough in time
0: ah yeah yeah
1: and that was a fantastic project and we did this in royal Albert hall in london also it was so ah oh,
0: that's pretty exciting yeah to be in there yeah yeah.
1: So um, yeah. I I like to play all these different styles of music. Um, it's not I'm I would never say I'm just concentrating on baroque music or romantic music or modern music. I like to, I like everything.
0: <laughs> okay, that's that's great to hear. Um, were there any stressful moments because you you would imagine that there'll be like hundreds of concerts per year, right? Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, were there yeah, were there any challenging moments like in your orchestral career? Do you mind sharing with us? Yes. Yeah. I,
1: I can remember when I was a student, I asked Doug Jensen, um I asked him, Doug, how do you manage with stress? And he was saying um he was he was saying, Well, you know, I have always stress. This is normal <laughs> <laughs> but, but um but <laughs> But he, in the end, he was he was kind of right. He, it's it's correct as a, when you when you are, it's, it's our job. It's our job to perform, and it's our job to go on stage and to make wonderful music and to impress the audience. It's our job. So it's the way how we deal with stress, and I'm very thankful um, that in Hanover there is a psychologist called uh, Dr. Michael Bohne, Michael Bohne, B O H N E. And um, he did workshops with the orchestras of the NDR but also Berlin Philharmonic and Munich Philharmonic and uh, he also did workshops with um, journalists for the TV and the radio of the NDR and these were workshops about stress reduction and which were really useful so um, you can also find many books from him uh, at amazon i think they're all all in german i'm sorry but uh, but he's a he's kind of genius for stress reduction actually and so i invited him also to come to vollkommen university in essen and he did workshop with his students and at the moment we try to have him more often in essen and to do workshops so um there are ways how to deal with uh nervosity or how to how to reduce your stress levels. And it's actually in in the end you have to be very well prepared. That's number one fact. You have to be you have good you have to have good material, you need good reads, because the read I would say is like sixty percent of bassoon playing is a good read. And, But you need to be in a good shape with the technique and, and stuff, and you need to have a good idea of what you are doing. And then the last 20 percent or something is um, there are techniques how to reduce the stress. Yes, it's it's all going in your head. It's uh, all going in your mind, and this is something you can you can work on. Yeah.
0: So um, just to sum it up, then it will be like self-management is very important. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Self-management and also. <laughs> Um, the way how you practice and what you practice and what is going on on your mind when you are practicing so it's something I always, always teach this also to my students um, so this is one of the basic things I'm, I'm doing with my students um, how to practice and also how to how to deal with yourself so if there are if you have problems with some some stuff let's say some technical stuff how how do you deal with yourself how do you which thoughts do you have about yourself are you a very negative person and are you always thinking about uh, um, oh well this has never worked uh, so because in the past so it will never work in the future or are you a more neutral person? Are you a always positive person? There are many ways how to deal with yourself, and uh, um, so this is, um, yeah, I would say a main thing about my teaching. Also, um, so in the end, in in this recording, this interview, actually, we're doing, uh, I I cannot go deeper <laughs> because it's such a, um, yeah, it's it's a thing you all, you only can tell somebody if you are having somebody in personal in front of you you know if you have really a, a very direct contact to somebody if you are mm-hmm. if you are really see see a person in um, yeah just next to you if somebody plays for you then 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 i have a lot of information and i can i can try to um to make make somebody better also working in on his mind you know
0: yeah, yeah, I can understand. So I, I, I think what you're trying to say is the self-talk that's yeah. going on in our head, right? As you yes. are yeah. playing and performing is essential, yeah. right? Yes,
1: yeah. now, the, the movie in your head, you know. It's, the uh, movie. But, but you you're own, your own producer, so you can, you, can, you, can, you can say which direction you go. That, that's
0: it. Okay, I got it now. Okay, so we have a question here from your former student. Mm. Uh, I I met her last year in a masterclass. Uh, Cynthia. Oh yes. And, yeah, yeah. And she she asked a question. She said, uh, "Do you mind sharing with us why you chose to retire from the orchestra and to teach full time?"
1: <laughs> well, the yeah. thing is I'm playing in the orchestra now in Hanover for. 18 years or something, 16 years, 18 years. And um, this was a very successful time. And I I kind of love the orchestra. I love the colleagues in the woodwind section, especially. It was a really nice time. And and, uh, so it's a really special orchestra and special way of making music, a very personal way of making music and no, actually no negative energy and a very positive orchestra. And I'm really thankful for this, but... I'm also teaching on half a professorship now for more than 10 years. And this is also quite a successful story, I can say. And I, I find the right way for many students and they find the ways to the orchestra. And I like Folkwang University a lot because actually it was also a place where I used to study. Um, Dag Jensen was a teacher there in nineteen in the middle of the 90s and Gustavo Nunez that was teaching there then. And I like Folkwang, and. Folkwang also is a place which developed really nice in the last years. And now we have a new uh, clarinet professor at Folkwang. We have a new flute professor, and we get a new um, professor for chamber music also, for wind chamber music. And so at the moment it's 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 the right thing to, we have a, have a kind of new start at Folkwang. And um, I want to be part of that. We have a really great energy from this younger people and um, I want to I want to be part of it and I want to be better for my students actually that's also a point I want to have more time for the students and I want to concentrate on teaching and then the third thing about it is um, I have so many plans for the future for the next years and I I want to have more time And uh, orchestra playing is fantastic. I love to play in the orchestra, but I want to have more time for solo projects and for chamber music projects as well.
0: Okay, so uh, what's in store for the future? Well, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah. somebody, there's so many things, so many things, Um, like at the moment I'm doing a, a recording with modern music for two bassoons, together with Johannes Schwarz from Ensemble Modern in Frankfurt, and we already recorded the Gubaidulina Sonata last year, and um, we have some some other pieces um, also. We are we have already recorded and will record next year. So I want to finish this. Then I have a trio d'ange called uh, Trio Roseau. Uh, we just did a recording of the Mozart Divertimenti for, for uh, oboe, clarinet, and bassoon, um, volume number one. And next year, we will record volume number two. So that's another thing. And I want to also do a recording of my first solo CD, and uh, which I hope I can do in 2019 or 2020, but I hope to do it earlier. Well, and then also there is... Um, a very nice uh, composer from Munich who is going to write a bassoon concerto for me. His name is uh, Jan muller wieland He's quite famous German composer. He's teaching in Munich, and um, and this the first performance of this concerto will be in February 2020 with the NDR here in Hanover with Andrew Manzi conducting. This is already fixed. So well it's just some of my projects, but uh, I think the year is already full next year.
0: and
1: Also I will do a concert in Essen at Folkwang, uh, which, uh, which is a very new project. It just came out this week. I will play the Jolly Vapor soon concerto in, in June in Folkwang. So yeah, many things, and, but I'm really looking forward. It's fantastic.
0: Wow, I'm impressed. That's a that's a long list of things to do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, that's only it's only part of it actually. Yeah. I I have always too many ideas in my head, you
0: know. So, yeah, but yeah. yeah, well, I I think that uh, having plans gives, uh, I don't know, gives one a lot of energy, right, to yes. uh, go yes. forward. And, well, and, that's
1: also a a point why i left the orchestra um, orchestra playing is fantastic but if you if you have a lot of plans if you have a lot of energy to do plans and actually to develop these plans and to make them real as you say gives me a lot of energy and uh, being in the orchestra you are part of a really big group and you're you always depend on the conductor or on the management and i mean these are great people in Hanover. I would never say something bad against them. Never, because it was really a fantastic time I had. But it gives me more energy to follow my own plans. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and I see also that this is a kind of energy which um, I can give to my students also. This, mm-hmm. is, uh, this is an interesting point because I think the students um, take part of your energy. And if they mm-hmm. see how the teacher develops and if they see that the teacher has so many plans and has so many things, and the teacher is moving on, then the mm-hmm. students also move on. And uh, make it, it makes yeah. them as well.
0: Hmm. I never thought about it in this way, but it's very interesting to, yes. to see that yeah, connection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're also inspiring your students to work harder. Right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: OK. So, um, I know that you recently uh, brought your bassoon class to perform at the IDRS Granada conference, right? Um, yeah, that,
1: that yeah. was interesting. I, I I have been there um, for the first time now in 22 years or something. Because, you know, this year the IDRS conference was in, in Europe for the first time, after so many years being in, in America and in US and in Japan. and the last time the IDIS was in europe i was in rotterdam in holland in i think 96 or something or 95 i don't know and i i have been there i, I was a student and i i listened to all these amazing fantastic bassoonists i can remember well, dag Jense played there but uh, william waterhouse i met him and oh. um, milan tukovic was playing there also i i remember so when i read the internet this that idea is is going to granada my first thought was oh i have to go there with my students so i talked to them and they agreed it's a good idea and my plan was to do chamber music in in granada and then i tried to uh, raise money for that because it's uh, you can uh, you can know that with eight people it's quite uh, costly so um I wrote to some companies also to to Heckel and and uh, yeah I, I was really fortunate they answered yeah we give you money and uh, and Heckel give, uh, gave us the Wilhelm Heckel Gedächtnispreis which is a oh. kind of award or something and um, and we, we finally managed to get the money so um, we went to Granada and uh, played Wolfgang Fagottissimo. we played a concert there with pictures at an exhibition exhibition. The Dag Jensen arrangement and also the Haydn uh, variations by Johannes Brahms in a transcription by a former student of mine. So, my idea was also to play Folkwang Fagottissimo with the Folkwang students, but with pieces who, are, who were also first performed in Folkwang because the pictures at an, at an exhibition was um, Dag Jensen did this when he taught at Folkwang University in 1996. And, um, I was part of this first first performance also. I, I played there, and um, then well, they also invited me for another uh, concert to play in Granada in, in uh, at an evening concert with a solo piece, and I played there with a piece by um, uh, Marcus Antonius Wesselmann is a composer from cologne and uh, it's a piece i think which ne- nobody knew at the at the conference and um, it was also my idea to bring something to this huge bassoon audience which nobody knows and the piece is really good and i like it and um, i think the audience also liked it and yeah, that was a it was a really success and uh, i'm looking forward for for the next uh, conference will be in florida in tampa in july 1919 and uh, uh 2019 and i will go go there as well i think and and also funny thing is the students want to go there also (laughs) but it will be really expensive so um yeah we are are thinking about um about how to raise money for the next conference now
0: (laughs) i see yeah that sounds uh, fantastic i've never been to a idrs conference so far it's it's huge huge
1: but it's fantastic you i met many many um um bassoonists like Matthias Rags from Tonhalle Orchestra, um, f- with whom I studied together, and uh, we, yeah, we had we had too many beers actually, and <laughs> because it was so nice to meet each other again.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Um, you actually, um, everyone set a new world record, right? Is that right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, funny yeah. thing. Yeah, new yeah. world record, largest bassoon and oboe ensemble in the world. Yeah.
0: Really ah, fun. yeah. So you, so you beat the save the bassoon the campaign. I think. Yeah.
1: Well, you know that in Germany we have. Um, there is. Um, there's also an, an event coming up each year. It's called Fagotte uh, sind los, which means something like uh, bassoons are. Bassoons are are gone, but this is not a good translation. So it's, it's you, you can translate, but it's a huge event each year with amateur bassoonists. And uh, so each year come about 250 bassoon players come together and meet and doing chamber music uh, for a weekend. So um, this is also a, a huge thing. So um, I would never say that there are not enough bassoon players. We have so many bassoon players in the world, really, it's, it's amazing. It's the, the, the community is growing all the time.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really lovely to hear that, um, that there are a lot of amateur players in Germany. Yes,
1: yes yeah. And yeah. also my, my daughter also plays the bassoon and uh, she, she loves the instrument and on her school there are also other bassoon players playing together. And,
0: Oh, ah, okay, okay. Is she playing it? Does she intend to take it professionally? Or?
1: Well, I don't know. She's 10 now. So, and she's oh, still she's playing the kinder, okay. kinder, I got the kinder bassoon. So, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Hmm. Finally, um, I've come to the last question. Um, what do you like to do for fun? Do you have any hobbies in your free time?
1: Yeah, well, I would say my biggest hobby is, is cooking. Actually, I love to cook and um i love to yeah to find out new recipes and uh, i i also like to go to the market and just buy the stuff i need for the cooking i like to find out good vegetables good meat and find out new tastes and um, new cookbooks i love cookbooks we have about 50 cookbooks at home or something and i like i like wine also a lot so the french wine or the italian or the american and uh, From Chile from Australia I just uh, um, also I love the taste uh, at your place in in Asia I love to be I've been so many times to Japan like 25 times or something and Korea and China and Hong Kong and uh, Singapore and um, this time this year we went to Thailand also uh, for holiday reasons and uh, I just love to to eat and to to taste new stuff that's fantastic
0: Oh, okay. That's wonderful. So, thank you so much for your time today, Walter. I, I wish you. I know you have a concert tonight, so I will let you go right now. But uh, thanks so much, and I hope to meet you very soon in person.
1: Yeah. Well, Joanne, this was my pleasure talking to you, and hope to hope to see you soon. Maybe in Germany it would be it would be great, or in Singapore. Who knows? Thank yeah, you. Yeah.
0: Thank you.